0: Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am, if it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield. And in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15. Mm-hmm. And that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour. Hell, yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Congressman, thank you.
1: I want to say this. That was one of the high points of Beto O'Rourke's 2019 campaign for president. But now it's 2021, and he's running for governor of Texas. How is that anti gun stance going to play here? I'm talking today with CityCast contributor Evan Mintz, who was a Pulitzer finalist for a series of editorials on guns. It's Friday, December 17th, 2021. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. So, Evan, what do you think? Does Beto have a chance?
0: Well, what I keep telling people is that I can almost guarantee Beto is going to do better than the last two Democrats who ran for governor, but that's not saying much.
1: That is an incredibly low bar.
0: One of the interesting things is that Beto took this pretty far out there position when he ran for president. And I don't think it was matched by any of the other Democrats running at the time either people are afraid to talk about gun policy and they're afraid to talk about gun safety.
1: Okay. And that was when Beto was running for president in the Democratic primary. That's like much more liberal than running for governor of Texas in the general election.
0: Right. And when he ran for Senate the first time around, whenever he got asked a question about one of these controversial issues, his response would almost always be the same. He'd say, well, I'll, I'll answer your question about abortion. I'll answer your question about guns. But let me ask you a question first. When's the last time Senator Cruz came out here and answered your question about this topic? And people would always laugh and this and that because he would never go out there. Like Senator Cruz would not travel the state in the way that Work did. And Work is out there right now going out to all of the smaller cities that Democrats don't usually trend to. He's out in Amarillo. He's out in Waco. He's out in East Texas. You know, he's trying to meet everyone.
1: But now he's running against Greg Abbott.
0: He's running against Greg Abbott. And right away, uh, Greg Abbott and a lot of anti beto folks jumped on top of his rhetoric around guns. In fact, I- I'm surprised I haven't seen anyone try to bring up the fact that Beto literally sold shirts during his presidential campaign that said, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. <laughs> Uh, and if we forget, that was then followed up by State Representative Briscoe Kane, the Briscoe kid, <laughs> tweeting about how, quote, my AR is ready for you, Robert Francis. Oh. And then Beto said, you know, that's a death threat. And then Twitter suspended Briscoe Kane.
1: So do you think we're in for more of
0: that? I think that Beto has said he's not retreating from his position. He says that he actually has a much broader position on guns and a lot of different policies out there. But I think that a lot of that is kind of aside. It's hard to talk about guns at all in America because of two big things. One, there's a group of people who really, really, really care about their guns. It's their number one issue. It's what they vote on. And two, we don't know a lot about guns. Like we don't study guns in America. We don't have a lot of good data around guns. Like we don't research guns.
1: You're talking about academics, not individual gun owners. Correct.
0: A- academics for about 25 years, the federal government did not fund research into gun safety. And this is the topic of an op-ed that one of my colleagues at Arnold Ventures ran in the Houston Chronicle last week. Headline, Beto, let research, not rhetoric, define the gun debate. And the point of it is that gun policy is very narrow in what we understand. And work's position on gun buybacks, we don't think those actually work. All the academic research we have on gun buybacks in the United States shows like they don't do anything to reduce gun violence.
1: Okay. So those are the things where like your local police station says, bring in your gun and we'll give you a $100 gift certificate
0: like that doesn't actually do something. And if you try to have like mandatory gun buybacks, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of evidence around those in the United States either.
1: If you were advising Beto on gun policy, what would you recommend? What works?
0: We don't really know. The RAND Corporation has this project called Gun Policy in America, where they try to look at the current state of research, identify where the gaps are, and try to fill those gaps. And what they found so far is that The one policy that has the strongest evidence base that it actually works are child access prevention laws. Those sorts of laws that say prosecutors can go after parents who don't secure their guns, who negligently, recklessly allow children to get guns. Those things have an effect. The effect isn't on violence, though. It's not on a crime. It's on suicides and unintentional gun injuries for children. So that's good. Suicides are the number one cause of gun death in the United States. Yeah. Uh, And firearms are the number two cause of youth death in the United States behind car crashes. So you do want to save lives and you want to pass these laws so they'll save lives, but doesn't quite get at the thing that seems to freak people out, which is murders, which is mass shootings.
1: So are Texans actually against gun safety
0: laws? Here's a funny story. So back in 2019, Greg Abbott approved $1 million in the state budget for a, a safe gun storage campaign. Not punitive, you know, no sticks, all carrots, just reminding people to store your guns well.
1: So, like, we'll give you money to go buy a gun safe that your kid can't break into, no?
0: No, no, no. Like, no, there's, like, advertising, like, doing it PSAs, saying, like, hey, store your guns.
1: <laughs> so people are against gun safe. Okay, wait, finish your story.
0: So he does this and it seems like pretty mild, mellow as far as anything towards guns could go. This is not anti-guns, just reminding you to be the best gun owner you could be kind of stuff. And
1: everybody is for gun safety, right?
0: Well, the NRA did not like this. <laughs> they did not like the state was running uh, a gun safe storage campaign.
1: And how did they express that?
0: Uh, well, the NRA lobbyists told lawmakers they thought this campaign Uh, could be corrupted by anti-gun rhetoric. So
1: there we go. So it's safe to assume that the NRA believes that Beto is the devil.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people out there believe Beto is either the devil (laughs) or a joke or or something like that. Oh, he ran for this and he ran for that. Not since Harold Strassen have we seen someone running so much. But I give Beto some credit in that, like, he's in it. It's not easy to run for statewide office in Texas. It's a big state. You're going to get hammered. If you're a Democrat, you're probably going to lose. And he's doing it. Castro brothers aren't doing it. Everyone said that they're going to be the next hope for the Democratic Party. They're not running. Yeah. I heard you know rumors that Art Acevedo could run for office. Now he's on <laughs> CNN.
1: Yeah. Lena Hidalgo is hanging out at County Judge.
0: Although I feel like she's got to win like one more local election to prove she's really got what it takes. and so then she can step up. Yeah. But I thought that after 2018, Beto had shown Texas Democrats how you can win. Like Before he ran for Senate, he was like this backbencher congressman. Yeah. Like he, he made some news because he supported marijuana legalization. But like he wasn't famous. He was no like AOC. People didn't really know who he was until he ran.
1: I mean, I first heard of him when he was taking that live streamed road trip with Will Hurd, one of those last moderate Republicans in Congress. They were in some rented Corolla, I think, and they were singing and stopping at Whataburger. And it was charming. They showed you could still be bipartisan.
0: He was charming and he put himself out there and he like gave Democrats something to hope for. Was like Democrats in Texas don't have a lot of hope. Yeah. And he also seemed to figure something out which is that you have to try to appeal to a median voter in Texas, that if you just try to get all the Democrats to vote for you, it's not going to be enough. Like you actually have to get some folks to cross over. And there were you know, a good number of people who in 2018 went out to vote, voted for Greg Abbott for governor and better at work for Senator. Do you
1: think that that race for senator changed the landscape for Democrats, that Beto inspired a new crop of candidates?
0: I thought that you'd have a whole bunch of state representatives and state senators and county officials, whatever, look at better work and think to themselves, well, I could do that. Like, I can drive around in a car and live stream eating a Whataburger and go out and talk to people. Like, I could do that. And maybe I'll become the next better at work. Maybe I'll be famous and everyone will love me and, you know, people tweet about me and even if I don't win, then you have some kind of celebrity status and then you can like run for mayor. You could, you know, get appointed to some kind of White House position, something like that. Yeah. But no, no one did it. I guess you have what like, the former mayor of Galveston is running for attorney general and sometimes he'll live to himself playing drums.
1: <laughs> I've got to see that. Yeah. So I don't think that the average Texan necessarily thinks you have to own an assault weapon.
0: No. And here's another piece of data that we don't think about a lot, that when we talk about guns and gun ownership, a lot of it is based on, I think, what people perceive Texas to be, even if you live here, rather than like what it actually is. Best research shows only about 37 percent of Texas adults live with a gun. Oh,
1: I would have put it much higher.
0: Oh, yeah. National stat is 32 percent. And it used to be higher. Back in the 80s, it was around 60 percent of Texas adults but it's declined over the years, Oh
1: wow!
0: whether because of immigration, whether because of changing demographics or cultural norms, just not as many Texans, as far as we know, own guns. Another thing missing from this larger conversation is gun ownership for the purposes of hunting. Uh, Liz Brunig, former columnist for The Washington Post, New York Times, now she's at The Atlantic, had this interesting essay about growing up in North Texas with a dad who owned a gun and the family that owned guns. But they also took it very stoically. You know, the gun was for shooting the the raccoon that ended up in the attic. The gun was for hunting. <laughs> right. It's a tool. Right. The gun was for safe for safety reasons. Um and it wasn't something that you, you know, stood in front of a camera and posed with. It wasn't a thing that you treated like a toy and gave to kids. It was a tool. It was utilitarian. Um and maybe you had a gun That was old, that was embellished, that had some sense of craftsmanship uh, and beauty to it. Uh, And that she wrote, she doesn't see a lot of this sense of either duty or aesthetic in the gun culture as it exists today. That guns as they exist today are meant to trigger the libs. That people want to walk around with them and show them off and post pictures of themselves with guns because it makes other people just so upset. Oh,
1: that's interesting. So maybe what Beto needs to do is go hunting.
0: (laughs) Well, one of the lines I've heard after 2018 when Beto lost by, what, like three points, closest to Democrat had come since John Sharp lost to uh, Rick Perry for lieutenant governor. was that, Yeah, and
1: he had incredible coattails. He swept Democrats into office. It was
0: incredible. He did a great job. But the line I heard was, you know, that man would have won if he'd ever gone dove hunting.
1: <laughs> oh, we need somebody to invite Beto dove hunting. Get him to go dove hunting.
0: <laughs> Do that cultural <laughs> symbolism that shows like, oh, the, he's he's like me. I see that. He's not anti-gun. You know, he knows what he's doing. Then again, I remember, and we're really going back, 2004 when John Kerry ran for president and the guy had been in the military. The guy was a sports shooter and he went out and did some clay shooting. Pretty good at it, but it didn't get him that kind of cultural cachet of gun ownership. And maybe things have just changed since 2004. Maybe better O'Rourke is no John Kerry. But it's it feels like that you can try to, to show it off but if it smacks of
1: elitism
0: yeah if it smacks of elitism or if you're doing it for only political reasons there's
1: no blood
0: <laughs> Yeah, Beto
1: needs to shoot a feral hog I think that could turn around the race
0: <laughs> we need to get him in the back of a pickup truck going across a ranch and just hammering a horde of feral hogs with an AR-15 no not an AR-15 oh, no, no
1: we're going to take away the AR-15s alright but we can work on this we'll <laughs> workshop it <laughs> All right, so you know what I'm going to ask. We always like to close by asking what you are loving in Houston. Even though I hit you up yesterday, I'm asking again.
0: Uh, I am loving how close we are right now to San Antonio because I am planning a family trip (laughs) to San Antonio so I can take my daughter to SeaWorld.
1: All right, and now let's talk about what's happening in Houston today. I have got Farrell Gibbs, our producer. Farrell, what's the
0: latest This from Julian Gill at the Houston Chronicle, Texas Medical Center's COVID cases have tripled. We have seen a good run over the past few months, falling numbers, but now it's reported by the Harris County Health Department this past Tuesday that 483 cases arrived that day, which was the largest daily total in months.
1: Oh, so we're not at the peak yet. It does look like that, yes. Oh, and do we think it's Omicron?
0: Yes, according to this report, that is what the wastewater data has been indicating.
1: All right, y'all, that's it for this week. Our excellent producers are Dina Kesba and Farrell Gibbs. If you don't already subscribe to the newsletter, please, please do it. It's at houston.citycast.fm. I spend a lot of time writing it. We'll be back on Monday. Bye.
0: with Joe <laughs> <laughs> on our inner John Bond.
1: oh if we use this we've got to say this is the guy running for Texas Attorney General <laughs> <laughs> and we gotta have a link God, he's into it bump ba bump